Good morning. Happy Friday to everybody on this beautiful. Alright, oh, I'm not gonna lie, the weather doesn't look that great. Woke up to uh, some raindrops on my car. But, anyways, today, July 5th. Thank you guys. We're back for another episode of Morning Talk. All right. I gotta tell you, I'm feeling a little, little stiff and a little, a little tired this morning. More than usual. But, anyways, uh, on today's episode, what are we talking about? So, we're talking about UFC 239. That's tomorrow night with the headliner being John John Bones, I call it Bum Jones, fighting Tiago Santos. Uh, just gonna put it, just gonna put it on wax right here. I do not respect John Jones. I don't respect his career path. I don't respect all the chances that he's got after breaking so many of the rules and still getting the opportunity and the fact that Dana White's going out of his way to market him as the greatest mixed martial artist of all time you know and I had someone ask me the question yesterday but let me ask you can you question his his skill set and this and that yes like I'm sorry you cheated the rules are very simple there's a few things you the few guidelines you gotta follow without exception yet somehow this man does not follow these rules he does not follow these guidelines he gets caught not following these rules and he gets away with it why because the ufc need more cash cows you know there were times where i really like dana white you know he's Nonsense approach is very straightforward attitude. You know, in a sense, I think a lot of men, you know, respect that he even has the power to go up there sometimes and say things the way he the way he says it to the media or to whom whomever. Now with that said, lately Dana to me has been more of a Don King type of character. He's been more of a going back to his old ways of a boxing promoter and the lies, the excuses that him and the UFC come up with just becoming more and more flagrant and it's really hard to not just take a look and just start questioning some of these things. But yeah, that's just my feeling on it. I'm sure I'll have a chance to elaborate more about how I feel about John Bum Jones. But anyways, he's fighting Thiago Santos, a man with uh, some vicious knockout power. But the truth is, we simply, nobody really believes he's going to be John Jones. And also, nobody knows if John Jones is going to be clean or not. I mean, let's just be real. Um, you know, Santos taking the same approach as everybody. Of course, saying the same old things. He's just a man. Any man can be beat. I'm not afraid of him. We're not buying it because we've seen this movie too many times before. So, should be interesting for the light heavyweight belt. At this point, really, I feel like the UFC is just feeding John Jones 
fighters and competitions that he's clearly going to annihilate. But really, they're feeding him to really build up his build up his popularity, his marketing, his visibility even more. Hopefully, bring some more pay-per-views, some more viewers, and some more pay-per-views. Uh, however, I do have to say I do like the fact that they are finding ways to put him out there. You know, I think what what like three times a year is good from a business standpoint but again from a sports standpoint as a sports fan I just do not respect him I do not respect the man his record means nothing to me I mean the moment you're caught cheating to me that that completely invalidates what you've accomplished I feel that way about every sport and for those of you who think I may be hypocrite I have players fighters that I have looked up to and I'll be completely frank with you the moment news came out that they cheated that respect was completely out the window. To me, sports is really about a level playing field. It's about two opponents, two teams being on the same level playing field and out-dueling each other, out-classing, out-matching each other, out-strategizing each other. That's what sports should be about, any sports competition. The moment you step outside those guidelines, you know, some people say in baseball, well, everybody was doing it. The rule still remains. It doesn't change a thing. And the moment you step outside of these rules, then it's no longer a level playing field. If everybody cheats, but one single person is not cheating, is not a level playing field. It's simple as that. Like, I don't want to debate blah, 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 his skill set, his this and that, his jujitsu. No. This is ridiculous. And it wasn't one time. It was more than once. Multiple tests came by positive. And the UFC, only thing I'll give them respect for, from a business and marketing standpoint, great job controlling the narrative. They completely took control of the narrative and they drove that story the way they wanted it. But for a few of us, because I know I'm not just speaking for myself, we can't overlook we cannot overlook this new narrative that they're trying to throw out there so much for not not really elaborating on my feelings towards John Jones and the UFC but anyways uh, not a great matchup for John Jones I think everybody knows the only fight left for him to really do is the DC fight Uh, yeah you know we all can say oh we saw how the second fight went but he cheated you know, that was a no contest. I mean, DC does have a valid claim as the GOAT. His only loss, I'm going to say loss because the second one shouldn't count, as I mentioned. His only loss has been to John Jones, the man considered as the greatest. The man's a two-time champ, two-time, uh, sorry, two-division champion. And he has a chance to finish on top to sail away to the sunset at the top of the game if he beats Stipe Miocic in, an, in their rematch later this year. I'm so looking forward to this. So, also on the card, the co-main event, we'll see another one considered the GOAT, Amanda the Lioness Nunes. Really impressed me. Especially with the way that she 
dismantled Cyborg in her last fight. I think a lot of us expected it to be a great fight, but wouldn't be honest in saying that we thought Amanda would easily dismantle Cyborg, but the way she did it was impressive. And I think we really need to start really making a fair case for her. Uh, look at the name she's beaten, right? Rousey, Cyborg. And if she adds all the home to this, I think it just might be case shut. You know, I did hear somebody say uh, we sh they probably should find a way to rerun the Chevchenko-Nunes fight for a third time. So that would be an interesting one for sure. I think a lot of people are looking at Chevchenko and showing her a lot of respect for what she's been able to accomplish in a short time. And, and my apology, I said short time. I just mean recently. But we all, I mean, if you follow the UFC, you know how great Chevchenko is. And she seems to be at the top of her game. So is Amanda. So it will be very interesting to see how that goes. Only home, of course, we remember her as the one to break Ronda Rousey's streak. And I feel like it's a gift and a curse for her because it's mainly what we remember her for. She hasn't been very successful afterwards. Had a... In my opinion, a terrible showing against Cyborg. I debated this yesterday uh, with a friend of mine who was saying, well, she did go five rounds. I'm like, yes, but it wasn't a competitive five rounds. Cyborg clearly out outboxed her, and Holly Holmes is supposed to be the boxer, the kickboxer. So I was very disappointed. I didn't think she had a great showing there at all. But her name being her name and that, that women division kind of needed some needing some spice and then uh, of course as i mentioned the ufc being so great at controlling the narrative i mean it's 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 not a bad fight after all sony will get us to tune in uh holly holmes certainly has that viewing uh power in the ufc so it'll be interesting to, to to watch and of course another fight which i'm really excited about ben Askren. i don't know if that's his nickname but that my nickname for him is ben dad bod Askren. The uh, biggest and right now most popular shit talker since Conor McGregor taking a taking a back seat finds himself fighting George or Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal had a great showing in London a couple months ago, which was highlighted by his actually backstage interview where he delivered a three-piece and a soda. And, of course, I'm referring to a brawl that happened backstage after his fight. He was having an interview backstage, and another, I believe another fighter from another camp walked back, said something. And Jorge is one of those really old-school street guys, right? It's not about trolling. It's not about talking smack. You say something, then he says, yeah, do something about it then, and he will do something about it. So he walked up to the other guy and delivered a three-piece and a soda. But uh, something to watch if you haven't seen. But really good fight. And the reason I think we're really excited about this is about is because of Ben Askren. Man, got to give it to Ben. Ben has been selling himself, selling his fights. And also, deep down, we know Dana hates Ben. We know Dana is hoping that somebody could end <laughs> Ben Askren so he could lose all that hype. 
and then hopefully put him in a losing situation where the UFC could feel justified to release him from the roster. Ben Askren's very talented, and I think after this fight, might just prove he he is the best wrestler in the whole UFC roster. And like I said, man, these guys have been kind of going back and forth with each other. Uh, Masvidal is trying to make it sound like Ben did not get in his head that to him is just business. I'm not really buying it. Um, ben goes out of his way to talk to talk to uh, to talk to Masvidal. They had their they had a face off yesterday. If you see it. Ben didn't waste any time. The moment they started walking to do the face-off, he started talking to Masvidal, saying, I got a question for you. <laughs> Telling him and the med- that the media wants to know, why is he so mad? And, of course, Masvidal tried to play it down like he's not mad. And I can tell Masvidal is just, like, fed up with all the talking. Just wish that this guy could just show, you know, a bit of respect, and then they could, you know, throw bones and... Uh, in the octagon, but Ben Askren, being Ben Askren, does what he does, and to a certain point, I have to believe like that the psychological warfare got to be working. I mean, you see people go out of their way to see how they feel about Ben Askren, so it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a good fight because nobody expects Ben to knock anybody out. We expect him to go to the mat to start wrestling and try to out wrestle. So another fight on that card that's very interesting is Diego Sanchez. Diego, the legend Sanchez, who needs to retire. Like, I am really sorry, but these guys are in the business of getting punched in the face and getting hit in the head. And you know that eventually this will have an impact on you, on your physical health, on your mental health for sure. And some of these guys, you know, still got their wits about them, still can deliver an interview, still can go out there and put on a show. But I feel like Jago Sanchez is just one of these guys you can just tell that he's been hit too many times. And I wish he could acknowledge that or have a team that acknowledges that. And and maybe tell him to call it quits. I just think it's the right thing to do. But don't expect that to happen. Like I said, he's fighting Michael Chiesa. Uh, Michael Chiesa, I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. And for those of you who may not know who he is, he's uh, one of the guys that got injured in the trolley incident with Conor McGregor. So when Conor threw the trolley to the bus trying to get at Khabib, Michael Chiesa got hurt. Uh, I believe he had glass, uh, some piece of glass in his eye and had to pull out of that fight. We haven't heard the details, but we know Conor's been sued because of it. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Chiesa secured a low back. But these two guys are two uh, are two two entertaining and interesting fighters. Diego Sanchez always goes out of his way to put on a to put on a show. He he was having a quick interview with Ariel Lawani after the face off, and and by the way, this wasn't the official face off. Um, in case you guys don't know, they 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 usually do. Uh, 
they do especially in in vegas what they do is they'll do like a media day where people come and then the fighters do you know do their, their little the little warm-up little warm-up type of thing address the media and then of course again for more marketing they do a face-off uh so so yeah, sorry. The the official I don't want to say official, just you know what they televise and put on YouTube. Face off is gonna be tonight, and of course the fight gonna be tomorrow. Just wanted to add to uh, Diego Sanchez. It seems like there's some friction between Diego Sanchez and his previous camp with the Jackson team. Uh, same team Ollie Holmes trains with. We've drawn drone strings with them as well. Now, Diego Sanchez has left the camp. He had what was an interesting interview, which led me to say what I said about him earlier, about him clearly starting to show some signs of... I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say CTE or any of that, but I just feel like you see it sometimes in some fighters, and it just sucks that sometimes they just wait till it's too late to call it quits. But, but yeah, he had what was a very interesting interview really displaying his showmanship but yeah and uh of course Ariel Lawani call him uh MMA reporter extraordinaire you know ask him the question about what's going on with the team blah 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 and he had a weird answer he said there's no I in team but I believe there's no team in I and then he goes on to say it is I that goes in the ring it is I that so I guess really what I got from this is him pretty much saying that maybe these guys were not really valuing what he brought to the team, not understanding that it's really about him. He's the one that's going out there and fighting. And uh, so anyways, interesting because uh, what ended up happening is Ollie home. I don't know if she felt compelled, but find ourselves having to having to defend her coach and her team. So, so that's just interesting. But yeah, uh, an interesting card certainly uh, seems to be. Luke Rockhold is also fighting. Cannot tell you who's fighting. Uh, Luke Rockhold, although we know is very talented, just overly arrogant, overly cocky. I ain't mad at him at all. But uh, just hasn't been. Just hasn't shown it in the in the octagon. We know he's former champion. Haven't had the chance to get back to that title shot yet but hmm. I know surprisingly I ain't talk NBA today uh, this Kawhi White situation got me stressed out uh, but we're still waiting I hear reports saying Lakers need to sign Kawhi before the 6 I, I just want to say I got a good feeling we might hear the news um, this weekend and I just feel Kawhi being Kawhi just knows that if a news comes during the week it's going to be the talk of the whole week but if the news comes during the weekend, although we do know some sports, some sports uh, broadcast broadcasting channels or some some sports platforms will will cover it this weekend, it won't get the same coverage as it would have during the week. I'm just assuming. Again, this is just me doing what everybody's doing, assuming that Kawhi's character, which really we have no clue. But stay tuned. Not gonna say too much on it. Uh, the Spurs, by the way, the Spurs appear to be mounting a campaign to recruit DeMarcus Cousin. I love this move a lot. The, the Spurs has quietly done some very good moves. They re-signed Rudy Gay. And 
They signed Damari uh, Carroll. Really good pickup. You can just see it working in that system. So it would be interesting to see what happens, especially since Demarcus Cousin fired his agent, and understandably so, especially since this was supposed to be his his summer to get a max contract somewhere after taking a big pay cut to go to Golden State. So, and where it is also that Demarcus DeRozan has reached out directly to DeMarcus, tried to recruit him, and this could be something amazing. This could be something really nice, especially with Greg Popovich. I'm sure he'll put DeMarcus in a winning situation. Not much more updates NBA-wise. Quick shout-out time. Uh, If you're looking for some music, J. Cole has a record label called Dreamville. They just released an album pretty much this morning revenge of the dreamers 2 is out on spotify out on i'm assuming every platform i'm sure it's out on title it's out on spotify i don't know if it's out on the apple music but i i would i'd be surprised if it isn't i haven't really had a chance to listen to the whole thing press play this morning got maybe four songs in it's a pretty good watch i mean especially with summertime you want to listen to something a little vibrant so again quick shout out check that out let me know what you think. As always, the Twitter is at war underscore I. IG is Worry F Castro. Give your boy a follow. Give me a shout. Uh, show your boy some love. Sh- share this. <coughs> share this friends, families, anybody that you think might, might like hearing a, a different take on things. But thank you guys again. Thank you for joining Hope you enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of this weekend. And didn't forget, I got exciting news coming. I'll be I'll be sure to share it very soon. Thank you all again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Top of the morning. Deuces. Mm-hmm.